Welcome to House Party, a podcast where home and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. We have a lot to talk about. We so much. So much. So much. We're just going to jump into it. Uh, Rachel, I put this on the docket that Windy City Rehab is back. We didn't discuss this last week, but Alice and Victoria's show, uh, she's back for season three. Yeah, you watched it, right? Or you watched the premiere? I watched the premiere, um, premiered last week, and she ha- had a really cool project. It was uh, a an apartment building complex that she renovated. It was in complete disarray, and she put the Alice and Victoria spin on it, where like each, I think there were four units, and each unit was a little bit different, um, you know, really beautiful brass touches old antique touches like like she does it was it was just a classic good episode of Wendy City Flip but she did seem kind of sad I did mention to you because I think it's because it was on the heels of her dad dying Mm, yeah um we heard about that yeah 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 and there was a a segment in the show when they um had like a bench dedication to her dad at the, at the Ford plant. So it was, it was just a really touching moment. But, um, I was like, Allison, you seem kind of, kind of sad. <laughs> not her, not her usual moxie. No, but I think this was a, it, this was a fairly like straightforward project. Like there wasn't a lot of like, what do you mean this isn't available? Or like, we're, yeah. we're so we've spent like so much money on this already. Um, so I think now like we've seen scenes from the next couple episodes. And I think, I think she's going to be banging some skulls <laughs> in the next yeah. couple episodes. I mean, how can she not? Yeah. But that's- I, I didn't watch the episode, but I assume it might have been maybe nice to see like a softer, more vulnerable side of her, right? Yeah, no, it was. It was really nice, especially like in the beginning, they have her running and it's it's kind of like montaging like where she's been and like what's been happening and just all these, you know, financial issues she's had and her issues with her former partner, Donovan, and like, yeah. you know, all the drama that's gone down with that. So they they didn't make that as big a deal as they did last year, but they touched on it. Uh-huh. And um, and yeah, she's just like, I'm like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I'm <laughs> moving forward as she's like literally running. Uh, so yeah, it's... It's um it's I'm glad to see Allison back on our screens. I can tell yeah. you that much. For anybody who's interested, we did actually have an exclusive interview with Allison Victoria and she opened up about the show Windy City Rehab and her hardest moments, her favorite makeover. Uh we'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can check it out if you're as big of an Allison Victoria fan as we are. Um, yep. I didn't watch the show because I was 200% into <laughs> Selling Sunset. Knee deep. <laughs> I, like chin deep. Neck um, deep in that ne- Selling Sunset. I know. If you listen to the last episode, you know that Natalie and I discussed recapping it. And But aside from the series premiere that I believe we recapped a couple years ago, I had not seen a single episode, had not mm-hmm. followed any of the drama, didn't care to follow any of the drama. Yeah. And now. <laughs> Are you in it? <laughs> I'm I 
over the week, I don't I'm almost <laughs> embarrassed to admit that over the weekend, over the past, what, less than a week, I went through four and a half seasons of Selling Sunset. I am now halfway I mean, through it's not, the current it, season, season five. It's not hard. Like, it's really not hard. It just, it's... You know, it is a show for for those of you who don't know. It is a show that focuses on real estate, but it really like ninety percent of it focuses on the interpersonal drama between all of these agents that work at the Oppenheim Group, which is a brokerage in Los Angeles, and they sell listings in Beverly Hills and Bel Air, and you know, nice places in Encino, and so and it's, they're tra- constantly trying to expand their reach. I think they uh, season five focuses on their opening of a new brokerage in Orange County and I think there's actually going to be a new Netflix show focusing on that there yes there is my one of my friends informed me of this and she's like you know they're opening an Oppenheim group in Newport Beach and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh wow uh it's a juggernaut and after (laughs) watching I I did not you know you know I was like Natalie are you really gonna make me do this and now (laughs) I am I'm I'm in it to win it I, I'm I have, sorry. I picked sides. You're welcome. In, in the drama, pick sides in the drama. Uh, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, it it is like a, a Real Housewives type of franchise, but just f- with real estate. But I I love the drama. I do. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. And then you get to see really cool houses. Mm-hmm. Uh. I know that some people have complained that real estate takes too much of a backseat. Yeah, especially in recent seasons. We've seen, I think Pop Sugar had a story on it where, um, what was the headline? It was like, Selling Sunset needs to focus, or it says, I hope Selling Sunset stops neglecting its most important character, luxury homes. I actually disagree with this take entirely. Um, Having binged it all at one time and maybe things are blurring together a little bit between the seasons yes the has the drama ramped up of course um but I still feel like they're they're shining the spotlight on on homes in the same way as they did since season one was it ever a primary thing no mm-hmm. it was always the drama first and the the real estate was always second um, but I don't actually feel like it's changed. I still do feel like we're getting a really good look at different homes. And I'd argue that we're, we're seeing more homes because, mm-hmm. um, in the first season or two, they kind of kept coming back to the same, like three or four. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and now they brought more agents on in different areas. Like Mal- Vanessa, uh, represents Malibu. And they've got Chelsea on with Manhattan Beach. And so mm-hmm. we're getting to see different different homes in different areas. Was there a home from like the first couple episodes of season five that really struck or really struck you or stood out to you? Uh no, not not really. I mean they're all they're all for the most part they're all <laughs> stunning. I mean, what was that one? And it's I think it's featured in promo too, the one that um Emma previewed for her billionaire client in Singapore. It was like, it was like cascading down the hillside almost. And it was, those I, I don't like, like, they made me uneasy. <laughs> the one when she like ran out along like the, the infinity pool edge and was like, I have to take a picture. Um, I wanted to throw up when she did that. <laughs> Chris Shell's like, come, please that get back me, on. Yeah. Honest to God anxiety. 
Yeah, that house was like I think twenty three nine nine five million. Yeah, they really the numbers all start to run together at a certain point, um, <laughs> where you you you've just lost all sense of of how much they are. And I I do think that's what's happened in recent seasons. Like season one, it was like they were all in the um, you know four or five million dollar range or whatever, and then Jason had his forty million dollar listing, and that was the big Kahuna. Uh, but now it's like so many of them have what they call two or two digit the two, two digit digits. listings yeah, yeah yeah um yeah it just all kind of runs together and they all a lot of them end up looking very much the same well they do because it's that very like modern sleek you know like there's some wood accents contemporary glass yeah glass and iron yeah um, there was there was a moment when they were looking through that that place um the the 24 million dollar place where emma jumped on the pool uh there was like parts of it looked very office building to me like Mm -hmm. there like there was uh like the railing just looked i was like oh that's from like we had that same railing in our office in new york city (laughs) (laughs) it's like glass and like steel it was i don't know it was an odd choice for a house that's 24 million dollars yeah I mean, some of them jump out to me more than others. I would say I, I have an easier time picking out the ones that are I think are hideous. Sure. Uh, for instance, the one, I think it, it's still on the market. It was featured in season, I can't remember which season it, it first came on, but it's Davina's listing, the $75 million listing. Oh, yeah. That was season two when we first saw that. It's still on the market because Adnan has not budged on the price it's still on the market didn't they have a buyer come through or someone was like i'll pay like 55 for this yeah yeah but not 75 oh my gosh and she that was like i remember that was a bit of her drama too because she was arguing with like brett or jason oppenheim like they're like we kind of stuck our neck out for you like you you what you you urged us to take this listing and the fact that it hasn't sold is Yikes, that's not good. Yeah, I think this this whole show has actually made me appreciate, I don't know, appreciate's the right word, but it's just given some insight into maybe how brokerages work and mm-hmm. and how real estate agents hustle under their broker and the risk that they take taking on certain listings. And because coming into it, you might be like, why wouldn't you want to take on a $75 million house? Like that's right. a huge commission. And then they show the other sides. It's like, well, if it doesn't sell, that makes us look bad. Or if we have I to totally, reduce the price a million times, that makes us look bad. Yeah. I totally assumed that agents just take any house that they, they're like, Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. But like, no, there's, there's strategy to it. Yeah. Especially if you work for a brokerage where, yeah, it's like their whole reputation. I have enjoyed kind of seeing that. I've also enjoyed watching them strategize about how to price uh, certain places mm-hmm. uh, where they're saying, oh, uh, you know, I think in season five, Chriselle has a $10 million listing and she got in an, uh, ar- not an argument, but she was going back and forth discussion. with Brett, yeah. yeah, about whether to price it below ten million be- to get buyers who are only looking up to that ten million price point, mm-hmm. and then they made a weird bet where she had to crawl through a doggy door. I was like, how? But okay, yeah. <laughs> how did she do that? Uh, I mean, she has no bones in her body. Tiny, yeah, very, 
teeny that's tiny plus very flexible yeah <laughs> and then they she ultimately lost the bet or I, I don't know Brett like won out because he basically said well I don't want to sell this house for more than you know I think it's worth I, I want to do right by my clients and so they ended mm-hmm. up uh you know doing 10 10.595 million but there's a lot of the what comes after the decimal point is so important mm-hmm. uh, to these agents about you know in in terms of your your cutoff price point and where you're trying for to for like optics and yeah. like optics but then also for like search too when when buyers agents are pulling listings for them to look at it's like yeah if if they're not looking over 10 then you're gonna miss people you're gonna miss people yeah so that's been fun I mean obviously it's not relatable (laughs) um I know I was like I mean you can take that like 10 million and and take it back down to you know one or or below I mean it's the same concept wherever you stand on the spectrum yeah, I thought it was funny um, when Christine brought Chelsea to the office to meet Jason and uh, just to see if, you know, maybe she could work for the Oppenheim group or just to like bring her into the mix. And they Chelsea was like, oh, yeah, Jason, you sold my was it was it Jason or was it Brett that she was? It was Jason. It was sold Jason, her okay. husband a house. Yeah. Sold her husband, Jeff, a house like years ago, like six years ago. And she's like, yeah, you actually you sold my husband a house. And he's like, what's your name? And she said her he's like, oh, yeah, no, I sold him a house up there. And I and, and she's like, and you also showed him Kanye West's house in L.A. This was like six years ago or whatever. And I was like wait a minute we've written about that house I know I thought that too (laughs) because Kanye hasn't he's only I think he's only purchased once in Los Angeles well he I mean obviously the house with Kim in Hidden Hills the 20 million dollar house but this was a house that he purchased like right out the gate right when um, the college dropout came out and he had a heck of a time selling this place I think it took like seven years for the house to sell Mm -hmm. uh and I remember writing about it like when I first came on staff um, at Realtor.com and I found the story so we can link to it. But just looking at those those pictures and Chelsea was like, yeah, Jeff's mom came through and was like, oh, no, it looks like a lonely narcissist lives here. Like, y- you can't live here, Jeff. <laughs> and then looking at those pictures, I was like, hmm, yeah, it, it, it is. It was kind of a weird property. It didn't it was. I'm sure it looks a lot different now, but, but then it was, it did look very dark and dingy for a million dollar house. So, but yeah, I was like, I know that house. I know what they're talking about. Yeah. It is kind of fun to, to watch the show and be like, I, that one looks familiar. I'm pretty sure we've written about that before, but Mm -hmm. overall it's just also just fun to, to see luxury real estate up close like this because we would never have the opportunity otherwise and I know that it's not a primary focus of the show I actually don't want it to be I think they include it just enough that's my personal opinion but Mm -hmm. uh, I see others saying you know it should be more of a focus I'm just not sure I don't know how you would make that more interesting because then it would be like million dollar listing, right? Yeah, yeah. That the the like there is a show for that. It's called Million Dollar Listing. Right. The pull of this show is the drama between the ladies, and also just seeing their inner office dynamics. I think before we started recording, you sent me an article 
uh, from oh, yeah. I think House Beautiful, <laughs> where they said they they had some eagle-eyed viewers had spotted how many times that people aren't actually working and their like <laughs> laptops are turned off. And Jason took a call on his cell phone, but the the phone is turned on to camera mode. <laughs> Um, so it was like a completely fake call. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, I did text you over the weekend. It was like the amount of bad acting sometimes is, is laughable. I totally. Mean, you can definitely tell where they've, you know, told the, I mean, I don't think that it's scripted obviously, but you can definitely tell where they've told the, the ladies or whoever what to do and like what to talk about. And then they, Right. Heavily, heavily produced. I mean, because that was a question. I think we talked about it, too. when We talked about the premiere. Like, are these people actually real estate agents? Yeah, because Chrissy Teigen had thrown out a barb. Yes, yes. And And they are. Like, um, you sent me that listing that Mary Fitzgerald is listing French Montana's home. Yeah, she she sold French Montana's home. Um, Emma had sold Alessio's, and that's why I noticed in the later seasons they get away from again those just kind of like or- ordinary fancy houses, and they're doing a lot more deals with celebrities who also appear on screen too. So that's kind of exciting, right? Chriselle's had a couple NBA players who have appeared. So it's kind of fun to see the, the celebrities who do agree to appear. <laughs> also, speaking of celebrities who do agree to appear, mm-hmm. obviously Chriselle's ex-husband, Justin Hartley, never did and was never into it. But we do get to see a lot of Tark starting in season four. Yes. And he like, <laughs> I feel like he's just hamming it up. Like he oh. knows he's on a Netflix reality show and he is going for it. He loves it. Like... Just, I mean, I I just watched the episode in, I think it's episode three in season five where Heather's having her uh, bridal shower oh my God, in Newport yeah. Beach. And it's just like, Mrs. Heather Ray Almusa. I'm like, oh my God, Tarek. Heather is a, a piece of work. Well, they all kind of if are. If you I mean, were to have one of them represent you in a sale, <sighs> buying or, or selling, would yeah. who would you pick? Um, this is tough because it is a seller's market. So if I was a buyer, I'd want someone who's really, really a shark. I mean, you could pick two different ones for buy, buyer's agent and listing agent if you want. Um, I just want to know who you'd want to work with. And you can't I pick think, Jason or Brett. Yeah, I think Mary's scrappy, actually. I think Mary... And she's been in it for a long time. So I think she probably has a good list of clients. So I'm going to say I would want Mary as my selling agent and Emma as my buyer's agent because I think think she is – well, clearly when she stepped out on the ledge to get a picture for her (laughs) client in Singapore, she's willing to do anything to, to, you know, close the deal. Yeah, I feel like that was for the gram. It was for the, uh, oh, so you don't, <laughs> we, we need I, to go check. Well, I mean, I think you, she probably also sent it to the, to her client, but I think first yeah. and foremost, it was a I think picture. she's, she's young. She's, I think she's scrappy as well, but like in a different way that she's really, like if you need her to go check out the house, h- how it is at like 11 at night, just to see like how the noise is, like she's going to go down there and she's okay. going to, she's going to okay. scope it out. So I don't know. What do you think? What are your who are your picks? Uh, 
I agree about Mary. I, I there's something about Mary. Um, I I really like her. I've liked her the whole time. I feel I like she's so. she seems really genuine, and so yeah. I as a selling agent, um, maybe as a buying agent, Chriselle, she really does seem to listen to what her her buyers want, and seems yeah. to really want to kind of do right by them. Uh, I've always. I'm always trying to find something like what it what's wrong with Chriselle and like there really isn't anything like she's I think she is really that nice I, I on occasion I've seen points where she's been you know two-faced Chriselle or whatever Christina's called her but <laughs> I, I think everybody can be two-faced so sure. yeah. I am I, I said in the beginning I've picked sides I am I am team Chriselle Mary I'm anti Christine interesting Christine? Are you not? No, I. <sighs> I do think it's gotten to a point where they are sort of like, well, they're excessively up. ganging up on her. But it does sound like she continues to talk crap in the media about all of them. She's playing the Spencer role, Spencer in the Hills. She's she knows that she's the villain, and she's playing it up. And I think it's smart because it it you know keeps it makes you top her of mind. Demand. Yeah, yeah, it's. Every like she is the show pretty much, um, but then you can't cry that the girls are being mean to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about her sending the flower bouquet to Heather's? Who is <laughs> <laughs> that? Petty White or what? <laughs> that was Petty White. This is to- listeners. I I obviously, if you're listening to this, I hopefully you've been watching Selling Sunset. But if you haven't. Uh, Heather was having a bridal shower. She did not invite Christine because they're on the outs. And Christine has said some nasty stuff about Heather and Tark and the media uh, and their relationship. And uh, Christine ins- did not, obviously not invited, did not go, but sent an enormous flower arrangement that took up half the parking lot. Yeah. It was like six feet tall, eight feet tall. Just to, just to be petty. <laughs> Just to make it about her. Just to be like, here you go. <laughs> like, my presence is known. Yeah, I, I thought that was, I did think it was inappropriate. I thought. The girls are not happy. <laughs> what was more inappropriate to me was that then Heather agreed to have coffee or a drink with uh, Christine afterward. Christine showed up one hour late and didn't yeah. even apologize. And yeah, Heather that's said, just tacky. You, you know, you've kept me waiting. And Christine said, you need to chill out. So that's the that's the drama that's happening. It's just Christine being a a big B. I also in episode one of season five, I could not stand the conversation that Christine and Chelsea were having by the pool out at the brokers open. It was so uncomfortable. They were talking about. Not only just like, you know, really cringy, like pleasantries, just like, oh my gosh, yeah, like we're going to be best friends. But then also she's talking about like, oh yeah, I sleep trained my baby. And as a mother of a seven month old. I thought of you when I watched that scene. Who is currently going through a sleep regression. um, I was just like, shut up. Like you have a night nanny, Christine. Like there's no way that you're waking up with your baby at night. Um, also like your baby's three months old, they sleep when they're three months, but get ready for the four month sleep regression and the six month sleep regression. And when they're teething, like 
Sorry, I just had to to vent for a sec. No, I'm sure a lot of uh, new moms probably were gritting their teeth during that scene. And my jury's still out on Chelsea. I I appreciate that she's trying to like... She does seem nice. You know, not shut anybody out off the bat. Chelsea is 100% Love Island reject territory. Oh, you she gives you that vibe. You don't think so? I feel like I've seen Chelsea on Love Island. <laughs> like I almost wanted I almost googled to be like has Chelsea been a contestant on Love Island? Is it just because of the the accent? It's the accent <laughs> and the attitude. The like right right right. Oh, I can't do anything wrong. I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm a uh, bad bitch. <laughs> bad bitches don't cry anyway so if you are a fan of <laughs> i was almost gonna say if you're a fan of love island if you're a fan of selling sunset let us know you can email us podcastrealtor.com clearly i want to talk about it with people so yeah yeah we want to talk about it we want to hear what you have to say uh we'll probably bring it up again because it's it's pervasive it's it's just it's everywhere people love talking about it well they have a reunion their first ever reunion is airing next week okay. so i will be wrapping up season five shortly and then you're waiting with bated breath (laughs) i am thanks a lot natalie sorry (laughs) okay well after that lively discussion about celebrity real estate and luxurious real estate let's talk about it some more uh it's time for winners and losers (laughs) this is a segment where we talk about celebrities and the homes that they bought sold or rented and let's start with our losers. This week we have Alicia Keys and Swizz Beats. They are our real estate losers for selling their New Jersey mansion at a loss. Uh, this was a difficult sale for them. They've been trying to sell it for seven years. They've suffered a number of price cuts and um, they ended up selling their Englewood, New Jersey mansion for $6 million dollars. And that's much lower than they had actually paid for it even. So um, that's a, that's a want-want for that. This house, I guess they bought the first plot, the, the first property, and then they bought the adjoining lot um, for $1.7 million and just made a big old home. Uh, they initially listed it for $14.9 million in 2005. Um, with no buyers and took it off the market in 2016 and then relisted it last August for 9.9 million. And so despite that cut, they still had to take, they, they decided to take 6 million for it. I would say this isn't surprising because I did a little research, (laughs) two second research on the Englewood, New Jersey, um, real estate market it's by far the most expensive property there. In in that area, it's I think the average price per like listing price is like 400k. So, it's it's definitely the most expensive house in a I mean Englewood is nice. There are nice areas of it, but this mm-hmm. was this is one that stands out. So, I can see why this was a difficult sale for them, for sure. Mm-hmm. R- Rachel, you remember they bought the uh the house in San Diego? Right, the, the razor blade house, the razor, the razor's edge house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> razor blade. Uh, <laughs> didn't they sell that, I think, or do they still own it? 
They actually still own that house, the Razor House. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this Inglewood, <laughs> this Inglewood, New Jersey mansion is a far cry from that Razor House. It's so traditional. It is, looking, at least on the outside. It is. It's it's very. <clears throat> I mean, it's very East Coast, and then you could think of the Razor House as like that West Coast coastal modernist whatever but yeah it's contemporary it's weird it's i guess they were just ready to get rid of the englewood house so yeah it's very it's from the 1980s it was built in 1980 and it to me it very much looks like it it's like a like a mansion you'd see in a john hughes movie yes like brick it's all brick there's columns yeah there's a a front uh, terrace. It looks like a sorority house. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> it does look like a sorority house. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they were ready to get rid of this one, and they were okay taking a loss. So for that, they are our real estate losers. Our winner this week is former 49ers coach turned Michigan coach, Jim Harbaugh. Football. He is... Yes, football. <laughs> to clarify for all of our non-sports watching <laughs> fans, listeners. He is our winner for selling his Atherton mansion for nearly double what he bought it for. He bought the property back in 2012 for $6.3 million and recently sold it for $11.78 million. Yep. He took a little bit less, though. Than he wanted. Than what he asked. Yeah. He asked nearly thirteen million, but coach had to settle for a mere eleven point seven eight million. Atherton, for those who don't know, is a very, very affluent area in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's where a lot of the tech titans live. And um, former home of Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos. Yep. Yeah, Sonny Balwani and Jim Harbaugh. Any any celebrities who have real estate in the in the Silicon Valley area tend to buy in Atherton. Mm-hmm. So that's our our little celebrity enclave up here. And yeah, the the homes are. You're saying the median home price in Atherton is twelve million. That's what I saw. I think we said that in our story. So if that's the case, this is just a nice little. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, in our story, it says the current median list price is actually ten point eight million. So, oh, you know, wow, gosh. just skosh below this. Uh, but this is you know this is this is an average house in Atherton. It's a nice. 6,000 square foot home, 1.3 acre lot, five beds, six and a half baths with a pool, you know, just a, just a cozy, (laughs) a cozy, comfortable family home. It does look rather cozy inside. And in fact, it would go so far as to say it looks dated. Yes. It was built in 20, 2007 and I believe it. And it shows. Yeah. Yeah. It almost looks like before that. Well, because it's it's because it has those like pine cabinets, yeah, and some uh, Tuscan <laughs> Tuscan yeah. elements, yeah. And the outside's kind of Tudor Tudor Tuscan looking. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but 
uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely needs a little bit of work. Like, can you imagine buying a, a $10 million fixer upper? Uh, I can't, no. 11 million, excuse me, 12 million, basically. Not I. Um, isn't that was one of the plot lines in, I think, Selling episode Sunset. two of Selling Sunset. <laughs> Emma's yeah. like, let me show you a $9 million fixer upper. That it's that is just absurd. It's it's just a whole other level of fixer upper. I th- that's probably a show. I bet H- HGTV could do it if Netflix doesn't want to. Million dollar fixer like, upper, or yeah, my ten million dollar fixer upper. Totally. There's your idea, HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> I swear we should be on payroll by now. <laughs> I would watch it. That sounds, I mean, it sounds interesting. It's just a whole other level of, of flipping, of house flipping. Yeah, and it just goes to show that there's, just because your your house is priced at some ungodly amount, it doesn't mean that it doesn't still need work. Right. Houses always need work. Um. Anyway, so this one, just despite selling for nearly $12 million, could use some help. Maybe the people who bought Jim Harbaugh's <laughs> house are going to fix it up and, and resell it to some to some tech billionaire. Um, Maybe. But nonetheless, Jim Harbaugh is our celebrity real estate winner of the week. And that's it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to check out the stories we talked about today, you can go to your show notes in your podcast app or go to realtor.com slash news, or you can go to Google, type in the topic and realtor.com and it should pop up. And if you have a quick moment, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Beep boop. If you want to get in touch with us and Tell us how you feel about our podcast, what you like, what you don't like. Talk to me about Selling Sunset. Talk to us about Selling Sunset. Um, We would love to hear from you. Our email address is podcast at realtor.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And our handle is at housepartypod on all three. Awesome. Thank you again for hitting play. And we will catch you later. Bye. Adios. Adios.